I'm Chris Gardner and of the Houston Round Bar View. If you recognize the young man I'm talking to, he was on not too long ago, and we're going to hear talk about it again. Stephen Johnson from the Daily Memphian. August 10th, man, your sources told you that Amani Bates was uh, considering Memphis. August 25th, Amani Bates committed to Memphis. So let's talk about it, man. What does it mean for Tigers? What does it mean for Monty Bates? Um, I think for, for Memphis in general, I think right now you have the roster of at least a bare minimum of a top 10 team. You know, I'll let other people debate if they're top five, top seven, whatever the case may be. But Memphis has the roster of a full contender now. You could have made the case even before they had Imani. They kind of had a roster that could really compete and go far. But now I think certainly for uh, just adding a player like Imani to Memphis just makes them, I think, one of the most talented teams in the country. If they can, you know, they can jail quickly. I think they can be one of the best teams in the country. And for Imani, he talked a lot about he's real tight with uh, Jalen Dern, who uh, committed to the Tigers about three weeks before he did. So he said those two had a bond. Um, he also said that Penny Hardaway really kind of sold him on kind of being that next big point guard. Imani Bates is a terrific scorer. His game has been compared to Kevin Durant, Paul George, all those type of guys. So I think the fact that Penny was able to sell him on kind of maybe taking on a new challenge, it kind of goes to show just how Penny is able to really just really resonate with these guys on the recruiting trail. So it's big for the city. Um, it's big for Imani, whether he's here a year or whether he's here too. So the city, the city's on fire right now, literally. You just touched on a little bit right there. Because of Imani's age, he can't go pro, well, go to the NBA mm. after this season. So what does your gut tell you? Will he be back in Memphis for a second year or go G League or something else? My, I think as of today, and who knows who, who knows what could happen? Cause you know, once you get on campus and you're around teammates and things like that, maybe Imani decides he wants to stay for another year. But I think, I think he'll do one year now and he'll go to maybe the G League next year. And that, that way he can kind of, Really the best of both worlds. He'll be, he'll be in college for a year. He gets that March Madness experience. Still going to make a lot of money with the name, image, and likeness stuff. And then the next year, he can go to the G League, get that kind of that training, that development from those professionals, make some more money. And by the time he gets into college, man, I mean, excuse me, the NBA, he's going to be probably a lot more polished than some of these rookies are. And we've been seeing rookies come in and have, you know, big years. But Imani, I think, with a year of college and a potential year of the G League, he's potentially coming in. It wouldn't be... With his talent level, you know, if everything clicks, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys that probably won't be an all-star his first year, but by that second year, I think he could be an all-star just because of the fact of this route that he's about to take. Is there any question about the name, image, and likeness, you know, the rumblings about FedEx being involved? And I saw one one person I respect is, you know, kind of downplaying it because there are no rules. NCAA really hasn't set too many parameters where people hate on from Memphis doing this. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I saw I saw somebody kind of stir that pot that uh, Memphis may have broke a rule or something like that. And at the end of the day, man, I, I wasn't in the recruiting meeting. They weren't. Nobody really was. Where Everybody's just trying to do their best to try and get those details and things like that. And if you're the NCAA, are you really – you have to, as an organization, you know what their record is and trying to enforce things. Are we, are we really – are they really going to try to go whatever lengths they have to to really discover, okay, were you guys talking about NIL during this recruiting meeting? They're not supposed to, things like that. So I, I think from that perspective, I think it's a non-story. But in, but in actuality, I do think NIL played a real, uh, played a big role in both Jalen and Imani deciding to go to college. You know, And it's not just them. That's all over the country, man. So whether it's Memphis, Houston, Alabama, if you don't think these coaches or whoever is you know talking about NIL, then – you know, I'll, I'll just leave that up to you. But I, 
whether it's FedEx, Walmart, whatever the case may be, um, I do think NIL played a big part. I know for Jalen, Jalen was on record saying that, hey, it leveled the playing field with all the professional options. You know, these kids, they can come here in college. They know they can make a lot of money at college, maybe the same as the G League, while at the same time still going to college, being the big man on campus, and getting a chance to participate in March Madness, which is the ultimate brand for a basketball player. Have you had a chance, has the media had a chance to speak to assistant coach Rasheed Wallace yet? Not yet. They just, uh, he's been, I mean, I guess we knew it for a while, but they didn't just announce the hire, I believe, Thursday. So I imagine probably maybe sometime next week or over these next few weeks, they'll have an introduction pressure like we did with Larry Brown uh, last month. What was the press like with uh, Larry Brown? It was for for me just being being so young, and I remember I was like maybe nine or ten years old when he was you know at his height coaching Allen Iverson and Detroit Pistons. It's a little surreal, man, and like because he was here, and you could just kind of tell that the the opportunity to coach with Penny was probably he said I think he had some other offers, some other interests, but it really he really made it clear that he's there for Penny. They had a relationship going back to when they were with the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, Couple of decades ago, so really, I, I really, I really think it's going to be good for Penny. You know, Penny, Penny's been trying to get Larry Brown on staff since he originally got here, so he finally got him. Um, it felt like a victory lap. I think that was the thing I wrote, just because for Penny, he finally got his guy, and for Larry Brown, he's he's at a program that loves basketball, a city that loves basketball. He told a story that when he was at SMU, which is in Dallas, you know, he could go out to eat, nobody would really notice him, but in Memphis, you know, he was only here for a week. And he was out jogging or something like that. And like a group of ladies just stopped and gave him a standing ovation. So I think he's happy here. And I know Penny's happy to have him. What can, in your opinion, Rasheed Wallace bring to the coaching staff? I think, I think Rasheed could kind of be that. I think every coaching staff, you need, you need a coach that can kind of be a buffer or maybe, maybe like an ally to the players. Cause you know, like the coaches, like the teachers. So you want to have an intermediary that can kind of speak to the players that can relate. Because with Memphis in particular, somebody's going to have to come off the bench. So I think Rashid could be one of those guys that whoever they decide to can kind of be in that person's ear like, you know, just buy in, just play this role, man, because, you know, if you do it right, we can go all the way. And I also think he's going to help out the big man. You, you know what type of player he was, four-time All-Star, you know, inside-out type of guy. So for guys like Jalen, DeAndre Williams, uh, Chandler Lawson, all those guys, I think all those guys are going to benefit from having such an experienced NBA player on staff. And we can really see Memphis have a really, I think, a really talented front court. What does all this mean for the conference, the American Athletic Conference? Well, I think for, I think it, I think it helps everybody. It's more high profile games. You know, you know, ESPN is going to be trying, ESPN, CBS, they're going to try to do the best to get as many games of Imani Bates and Jalen Duran as they can. And that means that for your Wichita State, UCF, Tulane, that means you're on ESPN two playing with Memphis. And of course, like we kind of talked about earlier, now if you're one of those teams that can knock off a of Memphis, then that only is going to help you down the line in March as well. Because if Memphis performs to their expectations, they'll be a top 25, top 15 type team. I think this also means that the, those games against Houston, I'm really ready for the AAC to drop the schedule. Those games were already going to be intense, intense battles. There's going to be wars now because I know Houston has added some guys and bring up, brings a lot of guys back. So. I, I, I'm going to circle that game on my calendar, as I'm sure every Memphis and Houston fan is as well. No doubt. And, and I, can, I can truly believe that Kelvin Sampson and the staff, have, have, if they haven't already, they will tell the players, see, none of y'all picking, none, none of them picking Houston now. Mm. It's all Memphis again. So, mm. so oh, yeah, Houston they're going to eat it up. Everybody. So, so I'm looking forward to those matchups as well. 
Uh, I'm not sure. Do you have an idea when the conference is going to announce the conference schedule? Not yet. I'm still waiting for Memphis to release this. Uh, they released their home non-conference schedule. I'm waiting for them to release the uh, away games as well, too. I know they have a uh, Memphis plays tennis at plays Tennessee and Nashville on December 18th. Uh, they're going to Brooklyn for the NIT season tip off at kind of on Thanksgiving week where they'll play Virginia Tech in the opening game. So hopefully sometime by next month, I would think, well, yeah, yeah next month or so, because I want to see how I, 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 I'm interested to see how the conference positions those games with Memphis and Houston. Do you start it off early or do you kind of save those two games for the end of the season where you, you know, potentially, I think Memphis and Houston will be in a race all season. So they could set it up potentially where you can have a regular season finale the two best teams, not only in the conference, but maybe in the country facing off of that conference crown. Yeah, U of H announced their non-conference schedule this week at Alabama in December. Who decided against Oklahoma State, home against Virginia. They're going to Maui, Kansas State, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So U of H and Memphis are both stepping up, you know, both programs mm-hmm. are really big on playing tough non-conference uh, slates. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add, man? I just wanted to, because I almost wanted to hit you up Wednesday, man, and see if you want to go live, man. <laughs> I was like, this is big news. Yeah. It, man, it was a lot of crazy noise. I'm, man, because originally Imani was, Imani was supposed to commit on Wednesday. Then his father was like, no, nah, we're going to commit on Friday. That's a fake announcement or something like that. Then he commits on Wednesday night, man. So it's been hectic. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. And, uh, like I'm from Memphis. So I was around. When D Rose leading them to the uh, national title game, I was an eighth grader, I believe, man. So I don't think I wasn't in the city when they landed the number one class about two years ago, but I am now. And just the energy, you can feel it. Um, my dad's on the lawn. My friends are all from the city as well, too. So my phone's been constantly ringing off the hook, man. So now I'm ready for ready for November, ready for November already, man. Does this news kind of just lessen, eliminate? The commentary alignment talk, you know, basketball people like like me. I don't. I know it's important realignment, but there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, football makes the world go round, but do folks even care about that business? I think they care, but right now they they care about basketball more. Now the university, the U of M, earlier this week they announced kind of their plan to how they're going to try to. They they didn't explicitly say it, but it's really a plan on how they're going to try to make the program as attractive as possible for. Big 12, Pac-12, who, whichever conference comes calling, you know, they're building a new track and soccer facility, they're upgrading the football facility and, and adding some more stuff. So I, I think the, the school itself definitely cares. And even though they won't come out and say it, they're going to try to put their best foot forward. But the city, and they can care less. They know that's kind of more so football. They just want to know, is this finally the year that Memphis kind of gets back to what we saw during those Calip- uh, Calipari years when it's Sweet 16, Final Four, Elite Eight, and things of that nature? Steven Johnson. One last thing. What, in your opinion, would be a disappointment, disappointing season for the Tigers this year? I think if you don't make it to the second weekend, I, I think that would be fair disappointment. I'm not somebody that says it's necessarily Final Four or bust because, you know, that comes down to matchups, who's healthier, things of that nature. But I do think, you know, if you go to the tournament, even though they haven't been in almost a decade, if you go to the tournament and you get bounced early, I, 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 would, I would view that as a disappointment, even though Penny, Penny would have, you know, gotten that monkey off his back. So I think this is a team that needs to get to the Sweet 16 at minimal, the Elite Eight. Uh, I keep bringing up the Zion Williamson Duke team that had number one, number two, number three players from the recruiting class in Coach K. That team made it to the Elite Eight, and I think I don't I don't consider that team a disappointment. You know, I think people want to see him in the Final Four. 
but they had a good overall season. So if I'm Memphis, if I'm Penny, if I get this team to the uh, second weekend, anything after that is just, you know, you know, anything after that is just possible. And you're not considering, you know, you're media, you're not a fan. Mm-hmm. You're not one of those considering undefeated. No, you know, no. Anything less is, under, is a bust. Yeah, I, I don't. What what happened with Kentucky and Gonzaga these last couple of years were, you know, I I think really really outliers, man. You know, and Gonzaga's conference is not the strongest, and they beat they beat plenty of good teams along the way. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I don't know when we'll see another team go undefeated. But I know I definitely don't think Memphis will go undefeated. Their schedule it's not it's not it's a challenge for sure. It's not the most uh, grueling in the world, but I, I wouldn't be surprised they pick up a loss or two in the non-conference. They play Tennessee, Alabama, Virginia Tech, two road games at SEC schools as well, too. Um, I definitely don't think they're, go- they're going to sweep Houston. I think uh, if they play two games, I would I would lean right now to a split. You know, we'll figure out the season, but no, I don't think Memphis is going undefeated at all. Stephen Johnson and David Miffin, thank you for, for taking the time to uh, talk to me, man. And we're going to do this it's your schedule a few more times during the season. You take care, you take care, man. Thank you as always. I appreciate you so much.